Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's pray together. Dear Lord in heaven, as we come, each time we come before you, we come asking you to be here with us, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Anyone who has raised or lived with small children knows that the idea for the TV show Kids Say the Darndest Things was a total no-brainer. I live with three small children myself, and I can vouch uh, for the statement. They do. We've actually begun to write them down so that we have a record uh, for future years about the ridiculous things that they say to us and to each other. We even email them to our family just so there's sort of a permanent record online somewhere. Um, Hazel is sort of famous in our house for these sayings. I remember once when she was very small, we were just eating dinner, and she, out of the blue, proclaimed, I am not a man, I do not have a beard, Another time, again, out of the blue completely, we were just sitting around, and she exclaimed, Shrek, don't eat my foot. <laughs> These are the sorts of things that she says. And then one day, I remember this clear as a bell, I was sort of reclining on the sofa. I don't know if I was watching TV or, or reading, um, but I was sort of reclining, as you do, and um, Hazel walked up to me and sort of lifted my shirt up and said, I like your hair belly. <laughs> now that sounds sweet, right? It sounds like a really cute thing for a little kid to say. And it is, unless you're the one who has the hair belly. <laughs> then you don't think, oh, that's cute. You think something more like, well, it looks like I'm never going swimming again. <laughs> she was really little, of course, so there's no maliciousness there, but it hurts. Just the same. Um, I remember another time, um, uh, Aya and I in college were in a band. I know, I'm so cool. Um, but we were asked by this Christian group that we were sort of uh, connected with to play music at this event that the uh, Christian group was putting on. And we decided to play a song, um, a cover song that included a little bit of a trumpet. And I had played trumpet in elementary school, but I was in college now. So it had been a long time, but I thought sort of as a surprise to everyone, I was going to rent a trumpet on the sly, practice this little line, and then when the time came at the show, I just busted out and everybody would be shocked. I didn't actually even reveal it to the band until the day before that I had been working on it. Now, if you've ever played a brass instrument, you know that the key to playing it well is sort of the foundation of air that you have sort of underneath everything that, that's happening up here. You really have to have a powerful foundation of air to get any sound out of a trumpet at all. And nerves can sort of eat away at that strong foundation of air. And so this is what happened to me when the time came out in public at the show. I pulled out the trumpet, and I was a little too nervous to play it as well as I had hoped. So it sort of didn't 
go all that great. Um, so after the show was over, and again, remember, this is sort of a Christian event, so everybody's very nice. Um, and the, the leader, the sort of Christian staff worker for our group, runs up to me, very excited, and with 100% good intention says, it was so cool that you tried to play the trumpet. <laughs> you see, words spoken with good intentions can still cut to the bone. I like your hair belly. It was so cool that you tried to play the trumpet. And Jesus has some seemingly nice but actually cutting words for us this morning. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. This is Thanksgiving Day, a day when we give thanks for all the things we've been given in life, for what we have. But it's funny that in setting aside a day for Thanksgiving, we're tacitly acknowledging that we spend the other 364 days not giving thanks for the things we do have, but worrying about the things that we don't. And I'd be willing to bet that some of us here this morning are worried right now, even on Thanksgiving. Jesus telling us how thankful we ought to be just reminds us of how unthankful we usually are, how worried we usually are. And when I read this passage in preparation for this sermon, it almost made me angry. It makes me feel like I have no faith, right? Jesus even says it. He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of those. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You of little faith. Why are you so worried, Jesus says? God will take care of you. You don't have to be so worried. Give thanks. This is what's so messed up about the human condition. We hear this from Jesus, clear as a bell, don't worry. God's going to take care of you. And we don't believe it for a minute. Why would God get involved in the little stuff that I've got going on? Doesn't he have better things to do? We're sure that we can't be really worth his time. And just like that, Jesus' comforting words, don't worry, God, almighty God, is going to take care of you, become almost judgmental. Why are you so worried? You of little faith. And so we get sort of caught in this trap. We're either worried that the Lord is not actually going to take care of us like he promised, or we're worried that we don't have enough faith to believe that God is actually going to take care of us like he promised. So we're worried. We have little faith. We're worried about what we'll eat. We're worried about what we'll drink. We're worried about what we'll wear. We're worried about providing for our family, for worried about raising our children. We're worried about getting into the right school. We're worried about everything. Consider the lilies of the field or the birds of the air. We wish we were the lilies of the field 
or the birds of the air? What worries do they have? Lilies and birds don't have mortgages, kids trying to grow up, and the rest of the world to impress. We do. And the ugly truth is that we do not trust that God will take care of us. We are convinced that we need to take care of ourselves. That's why we worry so much. We are engaged in the more than full-time job of self-salvation. And it's not working. We have, as Jesus says, little faith. We are weak. But there is good news for the weak. St. Paul writes in Romans 8 that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Right? Not when we become strong, but in our weakness. He says that when we do not know even what we ought to pray for or how to pray, right? when we're so worried that we don't even know what to pray for, the Spirit intercedes for us with wordless groans. And then St. Paul says this amazing thing that for those the Lord foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those who he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Do you hear that step-by-step progression from weakness and worry to brothers and sisters of Christ, chosen, justified, glorified? So where does that leave us, the weak, who don't even know how to pray? It leaves us, he says, glorified. Can you imagine? When we don't know what to pray for, when we're worried sick, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Jesus has promised that God will take better care of us than he does of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. We know, we know that we are cared for by an all-powerful God who loves us and who sacrificed his only son for us. We know this to be true. And yet, we're still worried. We are worried about what we'll eat. We're worried about what we'll drink. We're worried about what we'll wear. We're worried about providing for our family, about raising our children, about getting into the right school. We're still worried about everything. All we can do today is hold on to the facts of the matter. That Jesus lived, preached, healed, died, and rose again to give faith to the faithless, salvation to the sinners, and comfort to the worried. This is why Jesus came. Faith to the faithless, salvation to the sinners, comfort to the worried. St. Paul again in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, Consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Here's the good part. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, 
so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God is talking about worry here, right? He's talking about using things that don't even exist to bring to fruition the salvation of sinners. And then St. Paul concludes, because of him, you, the worried, the faithless, the scared, the terrified, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This is the good news for those of us today who are worried about everything. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. This is not up for debate. You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us, for you and for me, wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And maybe, for today, we'll be blessed to believe it and give thanks. Amen.